0: So people think that maths is a roadblock for uh, into data science career, right? If mm. that is true, I should never become a data scientist <laughs> because I failed my maths course in my first year. I failed my maths course in my second year. Okay. Yeah, and under the same professor who failed both my courses, I published a research paper in fourth year. Wow.
1: Welcome back to the Exploding Podcast. My name is Sejra thanks to each and every single one of you who come back every time to learn, to execute and to explore it for a better purpose. And you know our entire work in the show is dedicated to uncovering, unraveling and to try and serve you the incredible life journeys of the amazing people that I come across in various technologies, different businesses in life. And today I am joined by the one who interviewed me for a data science role. Yes, you heard it right. But we are doing it the opposite side right now <laughs> for the very, very first time. And initially, when I met this person, we had an amazing conversations all about technologies and his journey behind the data actually bumped me to a step ahead and invite him for the show. And I am super excited to interview the person who interviewed me. As you already know, he's the one generous person with three different names altogether. <laughs> he is Jaleem Raj Rohit. Before we move ahead, a huge shout out to Sundog Education for sponsoring this episode. Join over half a million learners across the world. You can learn machine learning, AI and big data just for 28 dollars a month. All you need is some prior programming or scripting experience with a high school level math. With a lot of hands on activities and exercises, you can practice whatever you have learned. Visit sundog-education.com and sign up for a free trial course to start your journey towards a lucrative and rewarding career in the hardest technology. That's sundog-education.com Now, on to the ad-free show. Raj is currently working as a data scientist at Episodes and he's author of the two books and a video lesson on machine learning and serverless engineering. He's also an active open source contributor around in Julia, Go and Python programming languages. And on top of all of that, he's the world's number four diamond moderator of SACOflow and a founding member of PyData Mumbai and Delhi. And I can't wait anymore to start exploring with Jaleem Raj Rohit. Raj, I am so excited that you are here and I'm so glad that you are here. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, morning. Yeah, good morning. So he's in the morning to get here, but usually it used to be different. So anyhow, but I love the way that we got connected where I was an actual applicant of episodes internship, where Jalim was my interviewer, so where he's, he's giving me a lot of questions, Where so it went really great time, maybe around two hours. So we've been having a lot of discussions and I love the way that he presented all his questions. And it was a bit hard for me, (laughs) usually. So it took me a bit challenging as well. But uh, look at that. So I tried convincing Jaleem uh, to get into the podcast and now he's in the guest. And I really love the way that we got connected and uh, Jaleem accepted the thing. And also now I got a chance to interview. (laughs) so that's one of the funniest (laughs) things that i'm so happy about so because i'll be asking questions usually now because instead earlier it was he asking me questions a lot and now i'm gonna ask maybe the same questions and look at what responses would be coming but anyhow it's more beyond that is it's not about the technical position but it's more beyond that, like more about Jaleem, Raj, Rohit. And I, I'm kind of curious to know, uh, Jaleem, so why, why was it three different names comprising together? Maybe I think it might be the most commonly asked questions for you. So like uh, Jaleem, Raj, Rohit, like three different names like comprising. So how, how would that be? Anyhow, you don't have choice to choose your name in your childhood, but it's okay. <laughs>
0: Anyhow, do you have an idea about it? Like Anything? So in usually South India uh, you have two names like for example my dad's name is Suresh Kumar so my name is Raj Rohit and uh, you have your surname uh, which comes in front uh, for most of uh, the South Indians right so so that Mm -hmm. way it became uh, Jalim and Raj Rohit is my uh, actual name.
1: Wow. <laughs> so anyhow, you got a big name. So it's kind of an issue when you try saying a name, right? So people tend to ask you, uh, do I need to call Jaleem, Or do I need to ask call you Raj? Or do I need to call you, ask, you know, uh, Rohit or anything, right? So what do you prefer? What do you want me to call? Is that, is that okay going with anything?
0: I uh, I prefer any of uh, Raj or Rohit. <laughs> Actually, this happens when I go abroad for uh, these conferences, right? So, yeah. uh, people don't uh, understand how anyone can have like three names and uh, you know that, that becomes like, quite a conundrum. Absolutely. So,
1: uh, I, I mean, it's kind of a bit comfortable for me to go with Raj either because it's kind of short and yeah. sweet name. Yeah. So, let me go with Raj anyhow. So, awesome Raj. So, here's the thing, right? uh you've been so far into technologies now specifically into data science that you've been into NLP and computer vision as well but you know before anything maybe you're getting into applied machine learning and a lot of lot of lot of things and you've been ordering books and making video courses everything right but you know where did that start? like you know uh you were a software engineer at the beginning and also into DevOps and multiple things right but where did that fascination started like where it was um so that
0: fascination uh... In my second year of engineering, right? So I I took some extra courses in the summer. So uh, the courses which I was interested in because I am not from computer science, right? So mm-hmm. I uh, I didn't have great grades also. So I cannot audit <laughs> uh, machine learning courses, right? So I was not allowed. So well, I so I I saw that uh, there were some machine learning courses being offered in the summer. So I stayed back and took those courses. And while taking those courses, um, we have. Uh, an incubator in IIT Jodhpur, like so one of my uh, some of my seniors have started uh, their companies, their own companies. So I joined there um, to, as you know as a beginner, right, in creating small websites out of Bootstrap, uh, JS, and all of that, right. So that's where my journey started. I used to write, uh, you know, captions for social media profiles for my uh, senior companies and uh, also uh, do a bit of bootstrap and everything, right? Uh, Because I like technology. How I like technology is uh, in my computer lab, one of my seniors opened the tab Udacity and he left it unclosed. Mm. So so I was like fascinated uh, and saw that orange color and everything uh, was good to look at. But then, uh, you know, learning something for free is uh, fascinating for engineering students, right? We don't have a lot of pocket money in that time. So, yeah. so I started with uh, that course, Introduction to Python, Udacity course, first one. Mm. And uh, since then, I got into pro- Programming And one of my friends used to contribute to Mozilla Firefox, wow. right? So along with him, I started, uh, you know, solving some small, small documentation issues and then writing tests and then contributing to the servo engine of Mozilla Firefox, right? It is not, uh, uh, you know... It's, it didn't happen instantly, but he kept uh, teaching me Python in the summer and I kept learning Python and thankfully Mozilla Firefox is in Python. So, (laughs) so that's how the journey started actually. (laughs) <laughs> wow!
1: Wow! That's kind of inspiring as well, right? So because when you mentioned about like uh, uh, there was a senior in, in your standards where where he actually left the tab of Udacity and then you sneaked out away and you get into it and you tried exploring more about it, you know that actually makes me feel how how inspired you are and how passionate about you know knowing new things and trying out various things, right? So I mean, it's it's really great that you've been you know uh, as the way you put it up is it's 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 so great. But here's the thing, right? But if you get a chance to speak to students out there for getting into the careers of machine learning, they've been admiring machine learning and AI and getting into software engineering as well. So what would you speak to them? Because, you know, you know how the students are being there because you've been there and you know how the things will be acting upon, how how usually people tend to change their mind, specifically students, right? Yeah. So <laughs> so what would be your words of advice for all the students out there who are trying not to make you know, some sort of a change in their caviar or wanted to get into machine learning or wanted to get into software engineering. You, you know, you can you can talk to me just like that because I'm a student either. So you can just go ahead.
0: <laughs> so I'll talk about machine learning uh, first and foremost because mm. that is my primary uh, bread and butter. Right? Yep. So in when I was learning machine learning in 2013, late 2013 and 2014, it was easy because I we used to have one or two courses max on the internet about machine learning and um, uh, and now we have like probably hundreds of different courses so that uh, people think that that makes it easy for students but I personally mentored uh, like more than 50 interns and I know that it is not easy Mm.
1: right
0: so what I'll ask what I usually ask them is I give them a uh, Professor Andrew Knock's course mm. and I asked them to complete it from end to end. That's what I did because he asked, uh, he asks students to solve it in MATLAB so, I yeah. did it in MATLAB as well as in Python because I'm learning Python that time. So, it helped me, you know, trying to transpile or write my MATLAB course into Python, right? Yeah. So, stick to Professor Andrew Andrunak's course and then after that, you will have uh, an idea on what to pursue next, right? Because he gives you a flavor of computer vision as well as uh, tabular data as well as NLP. And if you're interested in something, then there are better courses there. Like, fast.ai is brilliant, right? Mm. So, the team at Fast.ai is doing amazing work. So, that's what I said. Like, stick to one course. Don't, uh, you know, run here and there. If you run here and there you'll complete 20% in everything and you'll leave there.
1: So, yeah, that's what I... Yeah, yeah, do. yeah. That's also very true because when you look at the statistics, it's like uh, out of 100%, the completion rate of a course is like, as you said, it's twenty less than 20% either. Like when you, yeah. when you take a course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know it. I, I know it personally for all the students who are listening. It, they personally know it because when they get into a course <laughs> and the chance of completing that is kind of a bit rare, right? <laughs> so, and yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true.
1: So, getting into one thing and be, going it a bit deeper... And making some projects on top of it would be helping a ton for them, right? Anyhow, so one other thing that I really love about, you know, you've been one of the greatest people that I'm speaking now because you are the world's number four and diamond moderator of Stack Overflow. Tell us about more about it. Like, what was that and how you made it? And I mean, what was it all about?
0: Okay, Stack Overflow, I started uh, Stack Overflow from a site called crossvalidated.com. Crossvalidated.com is the statistics site of Stack Overflow, yeah. right? So, uh, I used to answer questions there. I did uh, I did not uh, used to ask questions because that site is next level. I mean, you get godlike people uh, there answering questions. So, what I did was I was taking a time series course, right? Mm. Time series course from an open source book. And uh, I used to look for questions which I can answer, like the easy questions which I can answer. And I started answering. So, that gives me confidence. And also, it gives me enough reputation to ask questions myself yeah right yeah so huh. so that's where i started and i got a decent repetition that's when data science site ju- is g- just getting started right and sean owen you know he's the creator of uh, PySpark. he used to be, be the moderator mm. and i used to contribute uh, on a moderator level only but i don't have that diamond badge so uh, as and when uh, so sean recommended me uh, as moderator to the stack workflow team so that's when i become moderator there and after that uh, devops site also it happened like that i was one of the first contributors and one of the first uh, you know uh, the ones who brought that site like so so I was like the natural choice moderator. It's not like an election happened or anything there. <laughs> so I, I I like helping people getting answers to their questions because it's an everyday problem for you or for me or anyone, right? So getting answers to their questions. So that, you know, keeps me... Happy. Absolutely.
1: Because you tend to help others in a way that you never know how much it would be helping and how much it meant to others, right? Because I, 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 we all yeah. have a huge gratitude for people like you, you've been taking care of specifically about Stack Flow, right? <laughs> because a lot of people who admire the people who answer, you know, they're even, even if I, I hope you also know the memes coming out. Like uh, the people who are answering in Saga flow are, are tend to be like a god for people usually, right? <laughs> so it's more often and finding and then you yeah, know yeah, taking yeah. care of it in a better way and yeah. you improving the developers yeah. ecosystem maybe. So it's like very very great. Again, again, this thing is I know that you are into software engineering in in the beginning maybe in Zomato. At that time you've been were so far into software engineering specifically, and then you got a shift transformed into data science or into machine learning or into, you know, what we call the CV, everything and part of the data science, right? So uh, you had a a kind Mm. of a, a kind of a variation, kind of like a transition where maybe we could also call it like a career shift, right? Not entirely, but but getting into that, right? Specifically, like people out there who are also wishing, like I know a lot of people who are wishing to, who are in the testing, who are into, you know, DevOps or anywhere. They wanted to try to shift their careers into another domain, specifically into data science or analytics or anything, right? But you made it so successfully, right? You literally created and you made a complete transition. Now you are a senior data scientist and an architect as well. So if you get a chance you if you get mentor such people who are trying to make a career transition from one to another so specifically let's talk about software engineering to data science like how what would you what would be your kind of a to-do list or kind of a strategy that you could share with them so that they could implement them and they could take it forward in their
0: career okay so uh if if people want to uh move like like i say this to a lot of people uh and some might think that it is crazy. <laughs> I tell that the industry needs a lot of good data scientists. Mm. Right? People yeah. think that uh, there are like hundreds of data scientists in probably in every street. There is a data scientist, interest, right? So people might think that I'm crazy, but uh, I mean uh, specifically good data scientists, not just. Uh, the title data scientist right mm. so if people want to transition uh, their uh, career from something to data scientist right the recipe is simple again just take andrunak's course complete it from end to end right now they know software engineering also it means that they know programming to a certain extent so for a student versus from for an already working professional to complete andrunak's course it is very easy And if you can complete professor's uh, course from end to end, it uh, shows your resiliency. That's where as a mentor, if I'm mentoring someone, that's where I know that, okay, so this person is interested. right? And once you complete that course, then again you can come to the mentor and ask, okay, so I've completed this course and these are my projects. And uh, where do you think my strengths and weaknesses lie? So that's where you can take that next step.
1: Absolutely. But, but in the, in the whole journey, right, when you're making the transition, so there might be a kind of a few challenges that you've been facing. In in my case, I was into software engineering, and I was doing some backend systems and writing APIs, and working with frontend either. But yeah. when I tried getting to data, science, it's just like a fascination, because I'm into, I'm into academia for now. So I'm just, uh, you know, shifting and exploring various things. So I got a chance when I tried shifting back, I felt a bit of, you know, mathematics and kind of bit I'd never expected that would be a challenge. But later I got to realize that math would be, will be a kind of a bit, you know, a a, a stopping point for someone who is not aware of that. Right. And they Mm -hmm. need to jump over that. They need to go through over that and then try various ways. Right. So, do you find any challenges in, in between? Because we can go with the course of what you mentioned. It's amazing. And also, we could follow up with the projects. It's a great way to learn. But uh, uh, can you talk more about and tell us about what are the challenges that you also challenges that you also face in the meantime?
0: Okay. So, people think that maths is a roadblock for uh, into data science career, right? If mm. that is true, I should never become a data scientist <laughs> because I failed my maths course in my first year. I failed my maths course in my second year. Okay. okay? And under the same professor who failed both my courses i published a research paper in fourth year Wow! right so machine learning is just about uh, you know getting data and predicting it and let's like, say see if you can uh, take data blindly put some model and predict something that you know gives you the first step it gives you that excitement because when i did Kaggle, uh, there was used to be one problem called titanic problem right yeah. that time that was the only problem used to have <laughs> Yeah. Right? I used to, ra- I randomly put a decision tree and I got some probably 70% accuracy or something. I did not even know what decision tree is, right? Yeah. But getting that accuracy metric is magical. Like you you actually predicted who will die, who will not die, you know? That is magical yeah. for anyone starting. Yeah. And what I did is I went to forums, Kaggle forums, and I asked a question saying that, okay, so I use decision trees and I got 70% accuracy. Now, what should I do to reach 75%? So they gave me advice, right? So get mentorship early and get mentorship often. Don't ask someone, will you be my mentor? They will obviously reject because (laughs) if someone asks me, will you be my mentor? I will reject because I don't have the time to mentor anyone full-time, right? What mentorship means, if you have a question. Ask them, get an answer. You get another question, ask them, get an answer. Right? So, get mentorship. People are happy to answer your questions. Right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. But again, right, uh, you know, let's all, we also talk about, we we are just taking, talking all about uh, how we did that, right? How you did that and how you made it possible towards the whole transition. But let's take a bit deeper and talk about why, right? When, when you had a career transition that you really got you, you went into Zomato and into software engineering, where mm-hmm. a lot of people wish for to be in a position where you are at at that time. But uh, you you tend to make a transition towards another domain, right? So we spoke about how you did that and how, what are the challenges we all, that are all been faced. And I think that will definitely help a lot of people who are being trying to same, make the same transition in their mm-hmm. career. But how how about why? Like, why do we, why, I mean, why when I say why do we, it's not we, it's like, Specifically, you. So, why did you make that a transition from being in a good company, really good that people wish for, like Zomato software engineering, pretty great, right? So, why was the transition happen? Like, uh, was it what was your what was your purpose behind that, and what was your thoughts behind it? Like, why did that happen?
0: Okay, so when I was working at uh, Zomato, right. Uh, we used to work at, on normal software engineering problems only. Like one problem is we wanted to understand how to bring new restaurants to the platform, mm. right? We have to convince them, yeah. right? So how we did is we did a small study, uh, which involved data, right? Yeah, people can call it data science, <laughs> right? For me, it is a study for my software engineering project. Yeah, right. What we did is uh, when you put. Uh, uh, McDonald's advertisement, hmm. right? People look at the McDonald's advertisement and get reminded of that burger place near your, uh, you know, house, hmm. right? Yeah. They'll think, okay, so McDonald's means burgers and fries. Okay, so there is one place near my uh, house, so I can order from that, right? So that we call as the overflow problem. Overflow means uh, small restaurant did not spend money on advertisement, Mm -hmm. But because the bigger restaurant spent money, so because of that ad, people get reminded about the smaller restaurant, right? Yeah. So we told them that you don't need to spend money on advertising, but we will give you X number of views. That X number of views we counted depending on that study, Mm -hmm. depending on their big competitors. So that project involved data. Yeah. Right. So, so that is one fascination. The next one is how often should you send advertisement so that people don't get irritated to delete your app <laughs> as well. People don't get, uh, don't forget your restaurant. Right. So that fine balance, how to find it again. Right. <laughs> again, it's a data problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so that's where, uh, so that's where uh, I went into a bit of a research mode. We did it with a professor from uh, Harvard. Mm. So, so after that, you know, it's like that journey that took there. But if you talk about roadblocks and problems faced, uh, not completely understanding the math behind uh, an algorithm is obviously a roadblock because uh, like I said, I was not from the computer science background, right? But, um, but I overcame it uh, by asking a lot of doubts to my mentors, right? It's like, okay. In decision tree, there is something called, uh, you know, information loss. What is information loss? I read through the internet. I did not understand it perfectly because it is written in some superficial terms. So, I asked them and they explained me, you know, explained on a whiteboard. It is pretty easy, right? Yeah. So, so those roadblocks. Uh, Apart from that, um, uh, I had uh, doubts on, okay, so we are using a deep learning algorithm. What is deep learning algorithm? So, they pointed me to Professor Hinton's course, right? Mm-hmm. The, the classical course on neural networks. Yeah. So, that's one roadblock. Yeah. So, that's pretty much it. Apart from that, coding those algorithms I can do. Just understanding those algorithms was my roadblock. So, that I solved by asking questions and getting answers. Wow,
1: wow. I, I love the way that you kept the things in a pa- pattern like you were having a lot of questions of, of making decisions, right? You were having questions for mm-hmm. performing and taking decisions and taking it more better and creating a better, better kind of a business models or anything. So you have questions yeah. and then you tried figuring it out answers with that. And then you came up something called data science, right? Where where usually right. what, what people tend to is search for data science. They search for data science and they get into it and they get to know what problems they solve for. But but in your hmm. case, interestingly and really fascinating, you, you came it in a different direction into the other side where you got questions and you tried solving them yeah. and then you got into data science, right? And Good. and that Good. that's really impressive, and also that's the way that I think it should be happening around because people tend to explore, but they forget to solve the questions that they already have, right? And in your case, yeah. you, you made it amazing, and I think for the people out there who are also listening to have this kind you know to to analyze such a kind of a thought process and try to solve problems maybe we end up with different things right as how you end up with you know data science and everything right uh, and again getting into that ecosystem a bit deeper we also have a 10 tend to speak a lot about the things into languages right as you, we uh, earlier we used to have kind of a you know a competition like python and r but eventually based on the requirement yeah. we choose to go with python and sometimes we choose to r based on the requirement right yeah. but again taking it to even more deeper yeah. uh, you are into uh, julia where you you even wrote a book entirely on it like cookbook right so when you when you get a chance to actually explain in a very short and a very crisp manner like uh, choose python and julia like what would be your answer for them hmm.
0: Uh, for my personal project i still use julia because it is fast it is much more optimized and uh, it feels good for me i mean uh, some somehow it feels good for me because some of those that code i have written so it feels you know wholesome to use my own code uh, there but but if uh, if i have to use a language for work i'll use python because python has a better community in general
1: mm-hmm. and
0: getting answers is very easy yeah that's true
1: absolutely so the thing the thing what i meant there again here's the thing right so in case of community right when we speak about it i think python usually wins in case of community and you know, working on it, right? Yeah. But uh, you've been working in multiple languages for now, because into Python and Go and to Rust. Uh, sorry, uh, you've been into Rust in a bit while. When I spoke about you in the interview, where you're getting into Go and trying out different things, yeah. and now, uh, sorry, getting into Rust and trying out different things. I don't know where you are at now <laughs> in case of Rust, but again, you're into Julia and everything, yeah. right? So, uh, what do you feel like? Oh, if you if you if you wanted to speak about something like various languages, are you trying to different things? And you've, you might be, uh, have been learning more about them, right? Getting more deep and you know, which is good at what and when to use it, which, and, uh, which is faster than the other and everything. Right. So w- if you get a chance to describe them in a, in a certain sentence or anything or a phrase, w- what would you talk about? Like different languages and different things. Right. Python is, is,
0: uh, Python is a Swiss knife, uh, It has a very good community. Julia is fast and optimized. Rust is low level. So you get to tame your machine, right? So that's, uh, for me, in my mind, that's very powerful. Go is um, very disciplined as well as uh, good for uh, multiprocessing. R for scientific purpose. R (laughs) is for scientists. Yeah, R is for literally for people who've been, you know, getting
1: more into deeper into the data and finding some analytics and, you know, going more statistical into more deeper. Because when I try, uh, when uh, you know, you compare what I've seen in my bit of kind of experience in an internship, where uh, I tend to see statisticians use more... Efficiently are than people who are software engineers, right? Because statisticians get a gri- grip about more statistics and R yep. is more about statistics and they can go with more deeper into scientific computing and everything, right? That's a cool, that's a cool, anything. Uh, and I, again, okay. the, I think you started with a structured data, as you mentioned about taking analytics, right? Uh, giving some, getting some, de- uh, getting some answers for the yeah. questions and making some decisions with data driven. Right. You've been making choices with trade driven based on data and analytics and doing all of this stuff. So this is what we call like a structured format of structured data analytics or structured data dealing with. When you get into computer vision and NLP where we talk more about unstructured. Right. So data is not structured. We have images and voice and uh, you know, all of that. So you also had a shift in that as well. (laughs) So that's incredible. Like you made again a shift from that into the NLP and CV as well. So how did you feel like what, what, how, what you could say for the people who are learning computer vision or getting into it? Uh, uh, It's all up to you. You can talk about NLP or it's all up to you to talk about CV. Uh, You can be more specific about what you wanted to, but for the people out there, what they could take from you so that they could become, they could, they could become more better and applying your thoughts on them.
0: the algorithms which you use on structured data as well as unstructured data most often they're not they same right you can use a decision tree for structured data as well as a decision tree for unstructured data also right yeah. um, like for example creating a uh, you know a, a, an nlp tree right? for example right so uh, so for people who are wanting to get into uh, let's talk, let's say computer vision right so they can complete uh, the basic course first and then once they are done with that then they can take a course uh, like for fast.ai right? fast.ai is probably the best course out there uh, for deep learning for getting into deep learning yeah take that what they'll teach you is how to code uh, your uh, how to classify an image uh if you go into how to classify an image, then convolution network come into play, right? Convolution network, it uh, appears difficult, but the way uh, they explain it is, you know, really good. Convolution network does nothing except for zooming into the image and then seeing uh, the patterns there. That's what our human eye does, right? If I want to uh, see the difference between a tie and a belt, right? First, I will look at the length. Then I will look at probably the color. then the edges so that's what convolution network does right so then um, once they are done with that then once you are done with convolution network you can probably learn uh, you know segmentation algorithms like YOLO or YOLO V2 you know that's a beautiful paper YOLO is a beautiful paper right Um, so on and so forth Uh, but most importantly um, while doing your fast.ai course do lot of projects There is uh, enough trading data available uh, out there, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because uh, ImageNet, people behind ImageNet have done an incredible work in creating a magnificent data set for everyone to work on. They use that and create a lot of projects. If you create a lot of projects and if you are into NLP or if you are into computer vision, primary aspect is you have to see, okay, if I look it with my bare eye, naked eye, how will my brain tell the difference between two of these things yeah. right that's what algorithms also do yeah. and for Nlp if i read this what will my brain think right yeah. so that is what uh, it so don't uh, try to uh, do an algorithm first approach do a thought first approach yeah 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 that will clear your uh, you know thought and that will clear your uh, picking of the algorithms face. Uh,
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. totally totally and also as you mentioned about like the NLP right when you think about it I think uh, you know POS tagging is one of the approaches that make more sense because when we think of a phrase we also think about in in, in English language when we try learning it we thought about we think about nouns and subjects and pronouns and everything where the same thing happens with POS tagging right it, it's totally relatable and also the way we learn and taking it forward right and and absolutely and again uh, for the people again here for the listeners uh, what, what happens when, you know, people tend to dive, dive straight into machine learning, dive straight into, you know, doing analytics or computer vision or anything, not, not tasting software engineering, right? It usually happens, right? So, but but as you've been into both the fields, right, you're into both of the things, you're into both both of the boats, <laughs> where well, you were a software engineer and you were also a machine learning engineer, right? So what sort of software engineer uh, engineering things really required for a machine learning engineer? Does it really require or do you want them to, you know, go through the software engineering process and then to machine learning or you can dive directly into machine learning? Because this is the question that usually people tend to ask. Uh, can I dive directly into it or should I have to go there?
0: Okay. So uh, there are multiple uh, grades of engineers, right? Multiple grades of data
1: scientists. Yes.
0: So for an intern uh, who wants to get into data science, I uh, recommend them to learn Python well, hmm. that's enough. For a, a starting level data scientist, for example, an associate data scientist level uh, who are wanting to get in, I mean titles doesn't mean anything, but just for you know context. For a uh, starting level data scientist, mm-hmm. knowing uh, how to deploy your model is enough. Yeah. Your model is working on your computer. Can you make it work it on the cloud? Simple.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Uh, For a mid-level data scientist, I would want them to know uh, and want them to assess how much memory can your model take? How much space can your model take? And uh, can you create your ecosystem in such a way? Can you decide your server size or... Uh, you know the tools in such a way that you can deploy your model safely and also scale it in the future mm. right have a vision saying that okay so model is small right now but in the future i get more data how big the model will be yeah and for senior level data scientists, you should be able to architect an, an ml system yeah yeah so multiple phases totally totally
1: I, I i couldn't agree more about it because you've been very specific about different levels <laughs> and then talking it to more deeper and that's a, yeah, that's so yeah. good that's so good again so uh for everything out there right we've been talking about you know a what we call the, the software engineering process and how the software engineering would bring to data science and for the CVs and NLP where it's a huge thing for the people out there who are also listening and for the beginners specifically or for the people who are making transitions everything I I, I highly recommend listening to Raj and then taking the uh, you know notes of bullet points and everything if you if, if that making much more help for them and that would be so good right uh, uh, and I know uh you're very honest because it's been so much we got connected for the long term because i was an interview yeah i was a person who has been interviewed by you <laughs> because i know more about you again so uh, i know that you're honest so i, I want to know i i want to ask you this question right so so what advice would you give to an youngest person of yourself right you know made today maybe about the caviar life or anything uh, you know i want i want i want you to take you to that raj maybe 18 years old who is so much fascinated about drive, diving into technologies so or trying to do different things. I'm not sure if you're into technologies at that moment, <laughs> but anyhow. So, uh, what would be your advice for yourself at that time?
0: Um, do, I, I there, there are two advices I will give to myself if I have to, a younger version of myself. One is do more projects. Uh, second one is, uh, get mentorship and get mentorship early. Wow, you you broke
1: them down very quick and very easy, I think. So you made it very quick. That's a kind of you, and again, right? Uh, for the people out there, so you 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 recruited a lot of interns and full time people, I hope. So when you usually uh, see people internships getting into you and trying out to get interviews done, and for the people out there who are also freshers or also for experienced people. So let's go step by step, right? Let's talk about internship first and then talk about freshers and then get into experienced people. So coming to specifically about intern people coming up to you and you've been interviewing them, right? So what are the things that you don't want them to talk about? You know, we can talk about what they should talk. But the thing is, I want you to think that they don't want to talk. They shouldn't talk because when we talk about the things that they don't, then they think about what they do. (laughs) right <laughs> so let's talk about what they don't and what they shouldn't you know what they shouldn't be doing in
0: kind of interviews when uh, when you talk to an interviewer mm. right uh, talk less about the courses you have taken and talk more about the projects you have uh, done in those courses cool because from uh, my mindset when i uh, interview an intern i courses just teach you something projects means how you applied that teaching yeah to uh, solve a problem that is more important to me right? mm.
1: so cool i mean that's that's so fine and again for the people out there right uh, you know there are people i know that you, you know uh, i think you know there are like two categories of people like who are really talented right they 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 are really talented in getting applying things and you know trying to grab the things very quick and that they are kind of people and there are also other people who are actually passionate about it right who might be a bit slow but they are really on fire they wanted to apply they wanted to learn and they kind of do it so so there are two people with you now right so whom do you choose and and why do you choose them specifically
0: no it's actually if you ask me like this uh, two years before i would have chosen the most talented one but I have seen uh, I have seen a lot of talented hires uh, perform very bad in at work, and I've seen a lot of uh, you know average uh, people uh, who have performed incredibly, incredibly well that uh, we have given them full time office. Right. Yeah. So uh, discipline and hard work is the most important. And I uh, you know as an interviewer, I can gauge if you are disciplined or if you are passionate about it in. So first 5 minutes of the interview right yeah. so that uh, comes into play definitely and uh, again uh, discipline and hard work is nothing without application yeah right? if i'm disciplined and if i'm working hard but if i'm not showing it on paper or anything mm-hmm. that is you know that uh, doesn't make sense so how do you know if someone is disciplined and hard working because machine learning Project is an iterative project. It's not like okay, so I have done, I have uh, coded it and I'm done now. Yeah. So that's where I ask, okay, so this machine learning project, how did you get to this accuracy? Like where did you start and where did you complete? That tells me completely about uh, the person's you know mindset. Because if I'm starting at seventy one percent and uh, I am using some random model to get to ninety percent, that's not it. Yeah. What did you do? So if uh, if uh, if they say that okay, so I have asked. Uh, in the forum and i've learned that okay so decision tree might not work well here but probably random forest work well and this is the reason why and this is the accuracy i've reached to. that tells me about the person's resiliency and determination so that's like a green tick for me
1: wow wow i mean uh, that's that's so much that means so much because uh because people tend to be like you know i should be more talented to get into it i should be more uh, my my mind is not connecting to me because it couldn't be able to grab the things with quicker right as other people we tend to complain we tend to compare with ourselves with other people who are doing so great right but but in the meantime we forget that we are also on fire <laughs> that we are also could be able to do the things but we all have different watches but the thing is we we feel the time is seen but the thing is we don't we all have different times either right so specifically everyone takes a bit different time to you know learn or execute and to apply and yeah. the thing is, yeah. absolutely, and again, uh, as you mentioned, I love the way that you met, and I love the way how optimistic you are, choosing for the people who are really into it and fire in the belly, and also who are passionate and hardworking and disciplined, right? Over over the talented, and you know, and everything matters the most because I think, as you mentioned, the things what if they have them specifically, I think someday, on the clock of their choice, they will be become talented as well, right? And, and that's absolutely, I couldn't agree more. That's 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 a, a great. And, and again, so uh, the thing we've been talking more about, the things, right? So as you're also being an architect, I think you have a team, right? Oh, sorry, I, I'm t- I'm jerking off the questions, but again, so come back. I, I, I went off the question. So we spoke about interns. Let's go for the freshers, right? We are on the track. I forgot about it, sorry. So let's go for the freshers. So uh, what are the things that you... That you look fresher from, right? In interns, we spoke about what they sh- shouldn't talk about. But let's talk about in case of freshers, what do you actually look for in in them. Like what do you actually look
0: for. I look for problem solving. Simple. Uh, so when a fresher uh, comes to, uh, because freshers, I don't, uh, I am not a big fan of online interviews for freshers. I if if it is possible. I would encourage uh, them to fly down. I mean, not fly down on their expense, obviously, and companies. Actually, that's so how mm. fly down and uh, let's have a face-to-face, right? So because that's how uh, works, right? Okay. So when you ha- when I'm having a face-to-face chat with the um, uh, uh, freshers, I give them a small problem, mm. right? Simple uh, problem, like it. It's a sub problem of uh, what my team is working on. Yeah. And I give them, and uh, I will look at the problem-solving abilities. I and mean, they might not solve it hundred yeah. percent, but uh, the way they think is important for yeah. them. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, that's for freshers.
1: Yeah, anyhow, I I actually can relate because I was there for internship application, and you are the uh, one who interviewed me. Because I could actually relate when you said about you know things about the thought process, other than. Uh, the algorithms right the thought process is so much important because that's where i actually get related when you are interviewing me as just i'm an intern i'm not even for the fresh fresher, right but anyhow i could i could totally relate to that and I, I, that's so true and again go let's shift back to for the experienced people here so uh, so what experienced people how 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 about that can you just talk about that more
0: Uh, For experienced people, I asked them uh, about the project in their previous, like the most recent or their favorite project. And uh, I tried to uh, dive deep into what roadblocks they faced. Mm -hmm. That is very important. And uh, what is their contribution in that project? And uh, I take uh, one algorithm and, you know, I ask them what is their favorite algorithm right? <laughs> and I take that and I ask deeper and deeper questions and see where they break. Wow. Right? Uh, my favorite is linear regression, right? Wow. People think that linear regression is easy, yeah. but I love uh, taking it deep uh, and to understand how good they, under- uh, they know uh, their stats. Uh, but yeah, the uh, problem solving is one and uh, their team uh, contribution is one and uh, their uh, knowledge of uh, domain, yeah yeah yeah
1: absolutely uh, and when you mentioned about you know choosing the algorithm and getting into deeper I love that strategy because uh, you know we we get to understand more deeper when we go more deeper right so uh, the thing the thing about the linear regression also is just to put the words out because when I was actually I got a chance to work as an intern where my mentor he literally asked me to write the whole linear regression without using anything Right, without using any 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 libraries or anything, try uh, try to write the. I was like, yeah, I can do that. That's it's a fun. Yeah, you can do that. So I went out and I tried doing it. You know, it took me. <laughs> I was just wondering, it was not possible that easy. <laughs> so it was a bit an odd bit. It's so hard, you know, to tend to collect. You know, I know the mathematical. I can write it down on the pen and a paper and I can solve it. It was so fun. But you know, taking that idea of actually understanding and implementing into the code and see the workflow and you make a model built out of it. It's kind of a bit hard, right? I feel, I, I still feel that kind of a bit challenging. But, I, but the thing is, when we try doing it, I've, I, I learn even more. Like I, I learn even, even deeper and got even more idea about how that actually works and even what, what the capability of a linear regression that could solve even more problems, right? But uh, these days, I think, I think it's kind of a bit going a bit deeper. But the thing is, uh, I feel in my college where people tend to talk more about deep learning, more about neural networks where the easy problems could be easily solved with, you know, linear regression or logistic or anything out there. So I felt the same, but yeah, that's true. Whatever you mentioned out there. And, and here is the thing um, for the people out there who are also thinking like PhDs and masters are required. So uh, tell us a bit more about that. Like does really need.
0: So if that ap- appreciated
1: to go, if they have chance.
0: I don't have a masters or a PhD, but, uh... Given a chance, probably I would uh, do under a very good professor if I get. To. But do you need a PhD to get into data science? No, mm-hmm. uh, but is PhD or master's uh, good for your data science career? Then yes, definitely. If uh, I mean not any master's, you don't want to join just any college just to get that degree. Get a good professor and do uh your masters or phd under uh him or her so that will give you know uh, credentials to your profile and uh, just doing any masters actually reduce your uh, reputation or your profile a bit because that two years or that uh, five years of your time is better spent on doing something in industry rather than wasting your time in college yeah
1: yeah yeah totally uh, and also, I couldn't comment on that because I, <laughs> I have not much idea about it. Really. So for the people out there, I think that will definitely help them. And here's the thing, right? So uh, when I was going through you and your work, I know you're not just fascinated once out of the college. You're, you're already into the things when you are in college, right? You're, you're doing internships, you're leading clubs, Mozilla Club, and, and many other things, right? You're doing a lot of stuff at that moment, right? But somewhere part in the time, sometimes we feel so gratitude for what, what we have done in the time of the college. And sometimes we regret what we didn't do for, right? So uh, for the people out there who are still in college and figuring out ways that they could be more effective in their career, so what you could tell to them. So you've been there and you've been into multiple internships when you're in college and leading clubs and taking care of people and talking to them and making others to learn, trying to with these things right. So how the others who are actually in the college, maybe in first or second or third years, whoever they are, how they could be more effective in their, in their, in their career, how they could be more, more effective path they could come up in their whole engineering time.
0: So, if you talk about uh, computer science and engineering, uh, I mean, machine learning comes under that topic. Yeah. It is not a different degree, right? Uh, so, if you are into that, then I would recommend uh, participating in open source communities. And open source communities usually tend to have, uh, you know, in-person communities also. Like, for example, uh, Drupal, learn yeah. uh, TensorFlow, all of them have their meetups, right? Attend those meetups and... Uh, interact with people why because there are lot of uh, times even my current manager at the company right uh, both of us uh, met each other at pydata delhi right wow. he gave the first talk at pydata delhi so i invited him for the talk right it will help you in your career and not just your career right you can keep in touch with them and do projects together that is beautiful right different colleges different everything but your Collaborating on a single tool, you uh, know, that's wonderful. So do a lot of community as well as do a lot of open source. Um, so that is one advice. I, I loved uh, traveling across Rajasthan uh, uh, in, in Mozilla Club. Right, I met a lot of really good people and good friends so so that is one advice if i have to give one advice then (laughs) communities right? yeah yeah
1: yeah we actually you know when we connect more people we get more ideas and we try Mm. you know reflecting back one to another and we try getting to know something else maybe that could turn into a fascination that you could be ever right so it's more about exploring more connecting more and trying more different things to so so that you could more exposure and we never know where you end up with, right? So it goes up. So, and I think it will definitely help out there. And, uh, we spoke a lot about the things, literally a lot about the things, starting from your, your name through all the way to caveats with the students, including Caviar transition, Caviar shifts and software engineering, computer vision, LLP. And for the people out there who are into colleges who are becoming more effective and, and everything, right? We, we spoke about a lot about the things that you've been so far. But again, here's the thing. So as I know that you are into, research papers trying them out right so i felt really hard very genuinely and, and, and so honest that i really couldn't understand the research paper in a very short period of time it took it took me really a lot of time and also the other thing is it it's it's also challenging to actually implement the actual research paper right so could you give me a kind of an approach or kind of your strategy that you apply so that i could try or not only for me for the people over there who are listening who also feel the same reading research papers and implementing is the toughest thing they feel so uh, how you break down the research paper how you understand it and what's your
0: strategy behind research papers uh, JJ, uh to be honest with you it is the same level of difficulty for me also wow <laughs> research paper, right uh, um <laughs> So what I do is I take the printout of the paper because I my attention tends to uh, wander here and there if I read it on the screen. So I take the printout and I sit with the paper, uh, sorry, uh, pencil and eraser. Yeah. Right? Uh, so I have to make notes on the paper, underline it and make notes. And uh, if I don't understand something, I will ask question because I started the deep learning book, mm-hmm. right? In in first page, I asked at least three Stack Overflow questions. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah. So if I don't understand anything, I will ask the question. But I'll come back to how I, how I read a research paper. It might be the best way or it might not be the best way. I first uh, read through the abstract. Mm. If I find it interesting, then only I will skim through the rest of the paper. Skim in the sense, just read the headlines, first line of the uh, first line under each headline and all. Uh, if I find it interesting, then I will dive into that paper. If not, then no, like it is not worth it. <laughs> Once I dive into that paper, for me, reading a research paper completely takes at least a week. Because I am not as good as other people who can read it in a single day. I will take it at least a week. And for a single paper, I pro, er, I have around uh, 10 to 15 pages of notes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Totally. So that much hard work you have to put. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> yeah. It takes, uh, I mean, I felt, uh, I have a few friends... Who just like me, but I felt we are we are alone. But <laughs> coming to know from you that we are not alone, that people also be in the same way. But for you, it may be weeks. For there are times I literally gave up throwing up the papers off because I couldn't get it. But anyhow, uh, it, it it's it's been there and I've been there everywhere, and it's a kind of a long journey that we try applying. One of the interesting that I found here is that uh, you said that you are asking questions in Stack Overflow, right? So if you just look at the people, number of people who get. Who, who read answers from Psychoflow, and the number of people who who question in Psychoflow, right if you just look at that even though people have questions they don't tend to ask in Psychoflow. what do you say about it like I, I i see a lot of people who tend to ask the other people or get into facebook groups or any other places or try not to people and contact them instead they try to put they it's very rare that they put the questions in Psychoflow, right because sometimes they feel that it may hit bad in the reputation when i say reputation it's not about stack overflow reputation their personal reputation right so maybe if the question is a bit silly they may feel that yeah it may not
0: be working if the other people saw that right you get that right
1: so oh, what would be your words for them yeah
0: so uh, people think that uh, stack overflow is harsh people like moderators of stack overflow are harsh <laughs> because most of the beginner level questions get tends to get uh, closed yeah yeah. and uh, you know five people can close it but if you are a moderator your single person can close it so the harsh is so the hate is much more towards a moderator <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, even uh, I, people in my own team uh, told me that uh, yeah this tag overflow is very harsh <laughs> i'm not going there again in my life um, so what i tell them is don't just ask how do you learn django that question Right? How do you learn Django? If you go to the Django tag of Stack Overflow, you will get all the details of that. How do I learn Django is difficult for a an answerer or for an expert to answer because how do you learn Django it means you're a beginner or you're an experienced professional. Who are you? Yeah. If Instead, if I say, so I, am, I have experience, uh, I have worked on Python, I have worked on Flask, etc. And I have started learning Django from this particular uh, website and these are the doubts I have that is much more better question no for stack overflow yeah. instead of asking a very broad question so that's why it gets closed as uh, the question being too broad right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. ask pointed questions
1: you'll get answers Absolutely, and uh, that's true. That's true. Again, for the beginners out there who are trying out to get in, get uh, uh, ask the questions. Make sure this is how a moderator mind would be, alright. So because a moderator is speaking to you. So if you tend to see a question is getting duplicated or, or a question is getting deleted or any other way, because you and I think you, you get the answer from Raj. Oliver, his thoughts behind it, like how would that be happening for the questions that you've been answering? If you're wondering why my questions are disappearing all of a sudden, then this is what's happening behind the scenes. (laughs) Right? So this is the whole thing and I think that will definitely help the people around. And uh moreover than anything, it's it's an amazing conversation with you. It's a power packed all about various things that you have been through. I'm sorry if I missed anything to ask you, but anyhow, uh, I think it will definitely help a lot of people out there who've been listening about it. no matter where they are in life, maybe a student or a, a career transition person or a person who is willing to thrive in their existing career or the people who are in engineers who's trying to become more effective, right? You cover more of them, most of them. And I think you, you have a lot of peace in your life <laughs> because you helped a lot out there now. So anyhow, so, uh, if, uh, feel free to speak anything for now because uh, before we move, move off uh, uh, if you like if you feel like sharing something to the listeners out there feel free to
0: uh, if I have anything to say I, I'll just say one thing that the industry needs good data scientists so um it, good data scientists are always welcome uh, because people might think that there are too many data scientists in the industry and industry don't uh, want so from the industry perspective i will say we have very less good data scientists we need more of them <laughs> right uh, so so come just uh, get good do good projects uh, try to solve problems in machine learning don't try to use machine learning uh, to choose your projects the other way around. And uh, that way you can become a good data scientist. And once you're a good data scientist, you're always welcome in that industry. Absolutely. But
1: here I have a kind of bit lame question for you. So when you said about good data scientists, (laughs) for the people out there who are also wondering, like uh, Raj, can you define good? Because I feel I'm good. And the other person feels they're good. What what actually mean good? A data scientist.
0: Uh, Knowing a lot of algorithms is... Uh, a decent data scientist knowing how to solve a problem with machine learning makes a good data
1: scientist. Wow. Well, anyhow, I think uh, that's true. That's true either because knowing more deeper and getting into the various things, I think that, that will definitely make that person good. And also, you you answered the most in the entire conversation about projects, about everything instead of what you need to be talking about, what you don't. Uh, specifically what you don't, right? You you literally gave a lot of insights and I think it will definitely make an impact for the people out there. And for everyone out there who've been wondering what it's all about, so just if you wanted to have, having any questions I wanted to talk about to Raj, I'll be adding uh, LinkedIn's, and email of Raj so that you could easily reach out to me for any questions is always open, but don't reach out to me in WhatsApp. It, it's kind of a bit hard. You get the replay in WhatsApp. <laughs> All right. So it's very rare that he sees the message. But anyhow, Raj, i kind of curious, like, why do you don't see messages in WhatsApp? <laughs> is that true? I, I,
0: yeah, I have notifications off for WhatsApp. I find it very, you know, it's too... Uh, how to call it? Overwhelming. I see WhatsApp probably once in a week or twice in... A, uh, once in two weeks. So, most often they're not uh, Twitter or LinkedIn.
1: Like, why... Like, only specifically Twitter. why WhatsApp is
0: negotiated? Like, you have any issues with that? <laughs> you do you think... No, too many chats, right? Okay. Too many chats and... Uh, Yeah, it's not worth it to spend so much of mental space on those chats. Rather, once in a week is very negotiable. Anyhow,
1: for the people out there, uh, WhatsApp is not the best way to reach out to Raj. So go ahead with LinkedIn or Twitter <laughs> or even Instagram is fine because I see Raj keeping a lot of stories. He loves anime and I feel the same and he's been keeping a lot. So anywhere out there. So keep, keep in touch with him and I think he will definitely help for all the questions that you've been there. So uh, thank you so much, Raj. It's been really an amazing conversation with you. I feel so happy because we met in an interview and now we all we are still on an interview, right? Uh, where the things change, right? Where you were in an interview but now i am an interviewer, <laughs> so it's so cool anyhow i feel that i may i didn't feel you so hard i hope that you feel uh, so happy now that we've been talking a lot so uh, expecting a bit happier so that's it so thank you so much for being here
0: thanks sir you're a good uh, you're doing a good job uh, with the podcast you know, getting to a lot of people so
1: very good yeah yeah yeah, absolutely i'm loving it because i get to talk to people more over than specifically right now i could get more connected like i could get i think uh you know rather than the previous call of us i think we get more connected now right (laughs) so uh anyhow so totally so i think that definitely helps further and we can take the relation even more deeper, maybe if that things goes up, maybe I could invite you for other talks that in college we take care, so you could help other people also get in. And, you know, we never know how it goes up and let's hope for the best. And thank you so much for being here again. Thanks again, like, literally. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks Elijah. If you are the one looking forward to adapting machine learning into your career take a look at our sponsors Sundog Education and start free trial with a lot of hands on activities and exercises you can practice whatever you have learned visit sundog-education.com and you can find all the direct links in the episode notes below thank you